I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweetest spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson, coming to you live from Wave 3 Toronto, joining me on the other line, lounging in the satellite branch from scenic Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. It is your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Yeah. What wave you in, girl? Are you, are you in Wave um, 3? How you doing over there? We Yeah, we get like... I don't know. So... I think I said it uh, another time on the show when we were talking about like, so what are you allowed or to do or not to do now? I don't know. I'm just working like it's still lockdown. Basically, since episode 196, Caitlin has been operating in the same fashion. If you would like to listen to the entire journey of us through 27 episode 199s to where we are now... You can go look up this podcast wherever you get your audio content, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, Stitcher. Give us a follow, so, subscribe, like, rate, review. It's, there's a light, nice little flow there. <laughs> Listen, you, after like four years, I think I'm getting the hang of this finally. And just for that, folks, you, you should definitely give us five stars. <laughs> give us the five stars on whatever, wherever you're listening to this thing, give us a five-star thumbs up, follow, subscribe. And when you do, you won't have to worry about leaving your house because new episodes of this podcast are going to come to you. You don't have to go out to get them. They're going to come to you. Hand-picked, hand-delivered, curbside delivery. <laughs> Uber-eated, door-dashed, straight to your device from the back of a rainbow main alicorn named Philip by your man's... Chauncey Frostilicus III, Geek Down Internet Elf. Oh, girl, he loves to slap these episodes directly into your device. It's what he lives for, but he always does it gently. And, 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 yeah, you mentioned uh, curbside delivery. Mm. Yeah, talk, it's like windowsill delivery. <laughs> it's like, it's like glitter dropped onto your face while you sleep. Yeah, or, or there's like, now you can kind of open the window a little bit to let, let some fresh air in because it's not fucking freezing. You know it's who's, just a little cold. You know who's not opening their window right now? Me. You know why? Why? They're back, Caitlin. <gasps> already? They're fucking back already. It's too cold. Out there tooling around on a fucking big wheel through that parking lot. I'm not looking forward to this summer, y'all. Last summer, at least... When the tea kettles were out there tooling around in the parking lot for four hours every night, I didn't have to work. And and also, you had the support of the angry man who yells at them. <laughs> I don't, and I, you're, you, I know that you folks listening who, who know us and know Jordan is like, wait, there's another one? Yes, there is another angry man besides Jordan bet, who also bet. dislikes children. Yeah, he looks like Carl from Aquatines. He's across the... <laughs> <laughs> He's across the building. He comes out. And he never says anything. He just kind of glares at him, and I make voices. <laughs> hey, let's double check. I own this puppy, huh? Yeah. You're driving me crazy. <laughs> Carl from Aquatines is just George's dad from Seinfeld. How did I just? How did it take me this long to realize that? Friends, if you know that before me, or you have tips on how to, uh, you know, peacefully deter children from playing in a parking lot hit me up on twitter.com slash geekdownpod that's where the show lives on the social meds give me your hot tips for keeping children away the social meds yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. friends if you want to thank us financially for all the all the hot briefs we hit you with every week <laughs> head on over to ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod hit us up with three bucks if you like, but in general, we encourage you to save your money because you never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen. And there might be like a ninth wave. So <laughs> hang on to your pennies. My general, my general take right now as you know, like we have reopened. It's now two, two, three weeks. We've been reopened here in Toronto in the gray zone as uh, as the provincial government has been calling it. 
Um, the general sense you get is like, like just when the car is out of gas, but you're just trying to, you know, you can see the gas station and you're just kind of like gliding. You're hoping it's downhill <laughs> like, man, most of the way. Maybe we can make, maybe we can make it. I think that's really where we're at. Uh, probably should lock down again. I was out in these streets yesterday to meet somebody cute. And while I was killing time off to the side, away from traffic, I'm going to say 30% mask wearing on the streets of Toronto yesterday. Not including, you know, the woman hollering from her car, freedom. Oh, great. One of those. Mm. And yeah, I really think they're just like hoping that the vaccination rate will increase at a rate that they don't have to the numbers will go up but the vaccination rate will also go up and they hope those things are going to like cancel each other out that's my tinfoil hat on the current state of the toronto or the ontario vaccination rollout although should be said got a call last the other day from mama ferguson let me know her and pops got the jab shot one so so did mine really look at that yeah all, all the parents, all the parents getting all dosed up. Not even parents. I have older friends, quite a bit older, um, that had got the jab because of the I don't, AstraZeneca. I can't remember what it's called. Wizard of Waverly Place. I don't know what these they're called, but the ones where they were like, look, they better safe than sorry. Europe was like. The, there's the, actually the one that gives no you blood proof. clots. <laughs> no, there's no proof it gives you blood clots, but people who had the shot also did have blood clots, probably because they're fucking old. But just in case, you know, like I said, better safe than sorry, um, we're going to refrain. So then Canada was like, well, if you guys are doing it, we're doing it because we don't want to be the people who are like, woo, and then get in trouble and lawsuits and blah, blah, blah. So they've offered to people who I think, I think born if any time, bef- in like 69 60 or up. earlier, it's 60 70 or right earlier, now, basically. sorry, it's like 60 and up right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they can take it. So I know a bunch of people who've gotten that, that first jab. Well, apparently wave two, which is set to start uh, next month in April, People who can't work from home are included in that cohort. And that includes me. Yeah. So maybe I can get all jabbed up this time next month. Yeah, but you want the good stuff. You want the Johnson & Johnson. Yeah, I want that that J&J. You need to hit me up with that. You want that baby soft (laughs) Johnson & Johnson jab. I want that single shot, no deep freeze. Hit me up. I mean, I'll take Pfizer or Moderna if I have to. Keep that AstraZeneca shit away from me. That's the no, oh it's the no, it's the no name of <laughs> it just it com- is, you, just comes out mm. and with a yellow label that says vaccine and I don't want it. <laughs> yellow label. Okay, so regional talk. <laughs> the yellow label. Friends, if you're not familiar, non-Canadians. Uh, not kidding. There is a chain of stores called No Frills. It is literally the no-name brand of like bigger stores like Loblaws, President's Choice branded stuff. And No Frills is No Frills. Like it's on the shelf as it is. Where the poor is no, like, like, like me shop. Yes. Um, and so they have this very famous yellow label. And that is... I, I'm just using that from now on. And nothing has a like... Yeah, it's there's no... There's no flair to anything. It's just a yellow label that says carrots on a can of carrots or yeah. green peas or salad dressing. Like, yeah, I think, I think it made, I think there was a, it went slightly viral on Twitter once when like the world at large <laughs> discovered the no frills, no name brand. One of one of the best joke articles I ever wrote was there was a, a small kerfuffle at the university of Windsor back when I was working at the alt weekly. Um, they built, basically they built this new stadium and didn't quite have the money <laughs> to do it. Okay. And we're kind of like going backwards to try to like sell the naming rights for the stadium. Like, well, we can pay for it as soon as we sell the naming rights, but they hadn't, nobody was really, nobody was really buying. So I wrote a story for our, uh, spoof issue, um, basically saying that not no frills was sponsoring the, uh, Bought the rights to name it, and I just made up a yellow sign that said stadium. And 
It's one of my best, one of my best jokes. And we li- listen. That was not some of my proudest work happened at that paper over the years, but I mean that one, that one was pretty good. <laughs> I enjoyed that one. Uh, friends, we're having a good time right now, and it's probably uh, not to just completely put the brakes on the good time, but uh, it's been a very sad week. Yep. And I've been thinking about it a lot, and frankly, I've been having a hard time trying to think about it. This is obviously referring to the, uh, let's call it what it is, uh, domestic terrorist attack uh, in Atlanta. That resulted in the murder of eight people, including six Asian women. And last summer, I sat in front of this microphone after the murder of George Floyd and said, there has never been a day in my life that has not been improved or made better by the art, work, words, music, spirit of people of color. That possibly is at this point in my life doubly so for people of Asian descent, notably Asian women. Um, Like 90% of the media in my house right now is the product of Japan, Korea, China. Like to see people I've met since I came to this city, like some of the best people I have met since I moved to the rather homogenous uh, region of southwestern Ontario that I come from have been Asian women. And to see them hurting like they've been hurting this week from just the attack itself to the fuckery of the police who immediately started throwing, uh, you know, casting sympathetic, uh, perspectives onto the murderer to media outlets who didn't know how to properly report Korean names. Just, and to see the people I know, friends of ours, friends of mine and Caitlin, um, who we've known over the years and see them on social media and on their Instagram stories, just, processing this and and just the torrent of hurt that they've experienced in their lives because I saw someone mention that you know the hardest part about a lot of the like attacks on the elderly um, this year and late last year what makes them all the more tragic is it's kind of like a cultural thing to just kind of suffer in silence yeah um, and carry carry a burden without you know we mentioned it before when we talk about stuff we watch or read from Japan where it's like you know don't be a don't be a burden um, don't inconvenience anyone so that you know when the most vulnerable are attacked and terrorized this way like I don't know it's just like I kind of cork popped on a lot of people I know in in my life and it's just been heartbreaking and. You know, there was one thing that was going around that was like, it would be great if, you know, all the otaku and the K-pop stands and the people who do, uh, you know, fox eye, you know, eyeshadow and, you know, whatever else spoke up a little more. Um, I don't want it to be taken for granted that the position of this podcast is, has always, fuck white supremacy and we offer nothing but support and and solidarity with our Asian friends and the people who have a culture who has brought both Kate and I such joy and happiness in our lives. And it's just, I don't know. It's just so, so sad. And fuck the cops and fuck that dude. We, we all know what dude he's talking about, too. I have general policy not to, uh, you know, I'll say the names of the victims before I ever say the names of, uh, of the perpetrator. Um, yeah, just so sad and all love to people who listen to this podcast who are going through it right now. Um, you know, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be this way. I am not a violent person. 
but in every opportunity that it is available to you or to myself, punch white supremacists. <laughs> This is generally, and Nazis. It's generally, it's well established that this is generally a pro-Nazi punch uh, podcast. Every time. Every time. There is never, ever room for racism. And maybe you get punched back. In our lives. Maybe you get punched back. Maybe you and, get punched back. And that is a risk you have to take. Maybe you because... get punched back worse. But you know what? You'll feel better. Yeah. Because at least it means that you've done the right thing. So, yeah, it's just been, it's been rough. And, like. And for all the, I mean, the, the in Canada, for anyone who's listening who doesn't know, on the West Coast, probably know it, British Columbia, uh, Vancouver, Vancouver Island, Victoria, um, there is a very large Asian population. Yes. Uh, people from China, Korea, Japan, um, and they have experienced a huge uptick in anti-Asian discrimination, violence, um, oh, in the last year. And this is what happens when when people don't say anything, do anything when policy policymakers are like, it's just name calling, you know, it's just someone spray, spray painting thing on the, something on the outside of a store. Um, it's not just it. This is where the road leads. And if you think differently, you are wrong and you need to take a look and read about all of the lives that have been impacted because of the death of these poor people. I don't have an outro. I didn't have an outro when we talked about it last summer. I never have an outro for this. Just, I would just say to any of the people who might listen to this show, who like us have had their lives enriched by the culture of these people, show your support however you can. Be there for them. Be them. If people in your life, if you talk to them regularly, don't hop in the DMs of someone you went to college with and haven't spoken to in 20 years. But, you know, if it's someone in your life who you know well, like, just check up on them. Give the, awesome. reach, out, give the reach out. Don't feel a ways if they don't take it. But, you know. Also, and mm. this is so important, and I say it all the time, it probably comes up like every other podcast, every other podcast we do, every other episode. If you see something, you fucking say something. And then you punch someone. <laughs> if need be. I mean, be sure. Yes. Be sure about the punching. Don't just want any errant punching, but <laughs> to make sure the punching is deserved. Um, I don't know that there was any sort of nerd news out there in the world that we care to speak on well it's it sort of just i want to like touch on it i guess hmm. so we all know about the snyder cut oh that's right hold on how, how could i forget Sorry, go, go go in, and I have I have something. It is it has been in this, so it dropped. It's been in this ether. There's been lots of people talking about it. I think I I don't know if I said it to just Jordan or if I said it on the podcast. No movie needs to be longer than an hour and a half, <laughs> maybe two hours if it's really really good. This movie apparently is four hours. Mm -hmm. And apparently, like, there's, like, it's like a mixed bag of things, well, as you can only imagine a four-hour movie would be. Kate. Yeah. I have a field report. Oh, a field report? On this very subject. Oh, my goodness. From. Is there special music for a field? It's like, beep, 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 beep. I'll dig up your, your question I'll ne I never saw coming, Sting, from last step, and I'll drop it in here. <laughs> um, from the hero we need who watches the things... Himself, so we don't have to. Kaimdar, we have a field report on the Snyder Cut. I'm really excited about this. So, 
Now, uh, also, I- thank you, Kaim. Yes, thank you, Kaim. I do not. <laughs> when the runtime for this came out, uh, someone cute sent me a screenshot of an article saying that it was four hours plus and just captioned it, Rip Geek Down Podcast. So, <laughs> so thankfully, uh, Kaim, Kaim jumped on that sword for us. This is what Kayam had to say about the Snyder Cut. Quote, I am one of the people who watched it in one sitting. I have seen the theatrical cut several times. I was happy to sit through the whole thing because, one, I had four hours. Two, I was generally curious about how a four-hour-long epic would work. My buddy Sam made a great point that the Marvel movies were like rivers coming together, but to save the DCCU, it had to be more like a tree with branches. Superman and Batman have been the seeds for this universe for a long time. We agreed the Snyder Cut was rightly bigger and grandiose because that's what DC superheroes are. That's why I thought it was a good idea to have Snyder direct it because he loves slow-mo. <laughs> DC heroes mm. move between the seconds and we need to establish just how badass they are. I don't know if I liked it, but I know I didn't hate it. It was nice being caught off guard by a superhero movie for a change. Definitely not a kid's movie. The Snyder Cut did have tonal consistency problems. The movie did not drag, but there were scenes that did. <laughs> Since- he says the Martian Manhunter is a punk ass bitch. Motherfucker pulled a Tom Bombaclat from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and the villains were much better, and the Joker was neat. I'm sorry, the Joker was. The Joker was neat. Oh, neat, neat. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, I've never heard the description of the Joker like that. Um, but I'll take it. He said, and he did say, ultimately, the film's biggest spoiler were the scenes from The Boys where the Seven are filming their movie. <laughs> Because the boys parodied the Snyder Cut rather effectively, it would seem. Um, he also points out, I'll give you the plug, Kayam. If you would like to know more on what Kayam thought about the Snyder Cut in general, he will be a guest on the Harmonica Brothers Variety Show, which you can also find wherever you get your audio content. Wherever you got this podcast, you can probably get that one. So go holler at your boy, Kayam Dar, for all your uh, all your Snyder Cut thoughts. That's probably the last we are ever going to talk about that movie. Yep, and guess who's not going to watch it? Caitlin McKinnon? Uh, either of us. Mm-hmm. I, either. And, it's one thing and, we and will definitely Ferguson? always agree on. <laughs> we will disagree on many things over the course of this podcast, but not needing to watch the Snyder Cut. Do you know Gail Simone watched it multiple times, like, already? Really? Yeah. So, some of the things I've heard, and Kaim touched on this, was like, the... Wonder Woman character was better. Mm. The I Batman saw, yeah. character was better. That's the Mary Sue had a lot to say on both of those subjects. I assume that's where that's where you where you're getting. Oh this no, from. I I it was actually from somewhere else. Oh, I was trying to not get news from Mary Sue because they just had a lot of sad stuff this past week, and I was <laughs> like, I can't. Um, it was like, yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, I I, I didn't read any of the articles because I don't care. <laughs> It's really nice to be a nerd, like a big nerd, and just not care about something. I don't care. I don't care about the DC Universe. I don't... There are things, there are movies that I've watched that I like, I, but I, I don't I fear. Care. I fear at one point I will not be able to help myself. <sighs> and I will... Uh, See, no, my problem my problem is that I love their animated stuff so much more. Yeah. And I'm like, how can a cartoon be that much better than a huge cinematic – it's not even a movie. It's like a just giant fucking production. I'm like, how is the writing so much better on this show for children? <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> Kaim also sent me a uh, a – image from the uh, DC Comics Facebook page uh, of Barry telling Wally that he was the Flash now and Barry was going to go off and, you know, do whatever Speed Force nonsense. And Barry was the Flash. I'm like, don't, don't, don't fuck with me, Kyle. <laughs> you know Wally's just going to end up fucking murdering somebody or turning into Dr. Manhattan I, or some other, becoming a Metron or just, some other shit. I was just talking to someone about, like, like justice for Wally. <laughs> always just two th- two things. This podcast will always be about. This is a real <laughs> retrospective podcast for us right now. It's sort of a summation of everything we've done over the past four years. Uh, Nazi punching and justice for for Wally West. Those are the two things that will never change about this podcast. 
Justice for Wally West. Um, okay, so since that's basically news, mm. uh, it's now on to updates. All right. Hit me. So, so I, I, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I need to talk about uh, Criminal Minds. C- criminal Minds. Wow. And friends, sometimes she takes that pause and I never know where it's going to go and it's just <laughs> thrilling for me. I never could have been any, could have been anything. Could have been edge anything. Edge of his seat. Ev- edge of his fucking seat. And I come out with Criminal Minds. I mean, it's not a huge surprise because it's a murder show. <laughs> but um, so Criminal Minds is trash. Shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> like just absolute trash. Um, it's a police procedural crime drama. It's about um, the members of the FBI's behavioral analysis unit, which used to be the behavioral science unit. And if you watch uh, Mindhunter, mm. then that you would know sort of the history of where that unit comes from. Um, it's one of those shows where like, at least the characters, at least once in their history of the characters, they've been abducted, shot at, a family member's been abducted. <laughs> uh, they've been, you know, the, anyways, the team has all been abducted all at once. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's trash. They have bits of, bits of things that are, are interesting. You know, how they do a, um, how they investigate crimes and how they come up with um, the, oh God, what's it called? The unknown subjects profile. That's it. They're profilers. Um, And that stuff is interesting, but then there's like a bunch of other stuff that's just nonsense. Um, And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with trash crime TV when it's fake but I think this is where the line for me, because I've been getting a lot of questions lately about, like, why I don't really like true crime, mm-hmm. but I really like other murder shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what is it? And, and you would think I would like true crime. And there are things that I like about things, again, about, um, uh, we know I really, really like forensic files. Um, but it's not the crime part I want. I, like, literally will skip over the crime part. A lot, especially when it involves um, rape and murder. Um, and I will go to the like forensic, like how did they use the forensics to catch the murderer or the abductor or whomever. Yes. Um, and it's because I don't like the exploitation of murder victims. They've already either been assaulted, attacked, raped. They don't, their families have already been through all this trauma. We don't need to re-traumatize people. And I think there's enough like trash crime dramas that should satiate anybody. Um, But I think that's where it comes from. I think it's this like re-traumatization. It's really also why I don't really dive into news stories. Um, because, like, I want to know the gen- the gist, but I- I'm not looking for the nitty-gritty. I don't want to insert myself in people's trauma. I don't think that's fair. Um, but, yeah, if you're looking for, like, a junk, <laughs> just garbage uh, crime garbage. show, criminal, garbage, Criminal Minds is for you. The characters are fun. Um it's just one of those shows where you're like, that that would never happen. That's totally unrealistic. But, you know, again, they have enough there to, like, hold you. And you can do other things while you watch it. And that's a really good test of a garbage show. And, yeah. Oh, and, of course, um, the only other thing I did was play uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, which we are now colloquially calling in this house Mass Effect All the Mods. <laughs> all the Mods? So I had talked about before and last... Uh, episode of the show about playing Mass Effect Andromeda and not like wondering why no one really liked it or at the time or what was it about it well I found out um, the reason I'm enjoying the video game so much is because Chris downloaded all the mods uh, everything from like changing their the way their faces move 
to simplifying the the system for upgrading your weapons and armor and and powers like he he i think he said he even with skyrim he has never downloaded this many mods for a video game before um but with all the mods it's great and apparently they're just like readily available there's like big communities of people who've developed mods um so yeah give it a shot if you're if you're ready to download extras and you can just like fine tune it the way you want in a throwback for this podcast i sent caitlin a youtube link of the monster factory episode where the McElroys played mass effect 2 i did not like that (laughs) no no not one of their better episodes tbh but i don't like it not even when his head got super big and took up the no, entire screen. No, I don't. It's like body horror on another. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, it takes a special brand of stupid to enjoy Monster Factory, and I guess that's me. Kate. Yeah. Do you have nothing to say about Falky and Women? Uh, I haven't watched it. What? What? Yeah. I have all this. I have all this thoughts about Falky and Women, and I can't say it because okay, you haven't well, seen it. No, no, no. You can. You can tell me. All I'm going to say, I'll put it like this. Um, keep it keep it spoiler-free for your girl. To my surprise, while WandaVision is obviously, from a technical standpoint, a massive achievement. And I'm not saying that from a technical standpoint, <laughs> I can't not call it Falcon and Woman. Falcon and Winter Soldier is at that level. From a character level and a drama level, I like this way better. I'm not, I'm not surprised by that. Basically to the, it expands and it gives more room to, and I think this is probably, I don't know where I heard this or I I think it's accepted as fact, but I don't know why possibly pandemic related. This was supposed to come first. Oh, WandaVision was not supposed to be the first Disney plus show. Uh, Falcon women was supposed to be first. And it gives more space to that thing that I loved about WandaVision, which was that moment where Monica came back mm-hmm. and just the chaos. And, you know, there are scenes with Sam and his family and him like reintegrating. And it's like, I have nephews who are now men because, you know, they Whoa, were. Ba- he has a family? Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. You're going to see him meet his sister and his nephews and all that and just like. It gave more of that. I've, I've been, I've been ever since I saw that I've been in WandaVision. I've been screaming about like, where's my MCU leftovers? Like, mm-hmm. or MCU Le Revna about like you know the people who came <laughs> back. Um, not that it's like the focal point of this, but there's a lot more like space given to touch on that in epi- the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. So. I liked it, even though the the big action scene at the beginning, I was like, you know, making a sandwich, not really paying attention. But like when we got when we got to that stuff, I was like, yes, this is my this is my MCU leftovers. Yeah, I'm here for all of this. And after uh, you know, after my reappreciation of Anthony Mackie following uh, what the hell was that movie we didn't care for? I- I cannot remember. That's how something the wire. Little of an impression. Something the wire. The Anthony Mackie robot. Outside the wire. Outside the wire. The Anthony Mackie robot movie. Um, After you know, getting a new appreciation for him and his work. uh, After that, uh, I enjoy him more as uh, as the Falcon and your boy Sebastian Stan still still killing it as Bucky Barnes. And God, I love his face. Sorry, Jesus. just want to squish his face squish it eh? between mm-hmm. what caitlin jordan <gasps> the people want to know yeah well they, i just between my hands are just like <laughs> pinch his cheeks with my fingers okay um what else this doubles as news but it was also something i watched this week uh the women of all elite wrestling headlined this week's episode of dynamite when Dr. Britt Baker faced Thunder Rosa in a lights-out, unsanctioned match, if you ever wanted to see a woman get powerbombed into thumbtacks on national broadcast television, good lord, uh, 
definitely these women fucking killed it and amazing really one of the best like definitely the best women's match AEW has had and possibly one of the best North American uh women's wrestling matches in easily the last 15 years um not taking into account like some of the Japanese stuff but just they gave them the shot and they did way more than they had to like I first saw on an Instagram like Brit was busted open and like had her like you know blood streaming down the face um which for some reason when a woman gets busted open it kind of hits different I don't know I don't know why so you and do- it's cuz uh you're sexist probably <laughs> <laughs> It's like oh you didn't have to do that this is free television There's this whole tangent I could go on about male disposability and blah 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 but it, yeah yeah no but I won't. Don't worry. Um, so that was dope. You can find YouTube clips of that on the AEW YouTube page. As mentioned last week, Reframe 2019 dropped on the Netflixes. If you haven't watched it yet, what are you doing with your lives? Go watch it. <laughs> this is the perfume theater performance art piece from a couple years ago that just randomly has dropped on Netflix to the surprise of all of the entire hashtag PRFM hive. It's a very good, solid sort of encapsulation of their careers to this point and what makes them unique. And you even get some Achan crying at the end. So, I mean, what else? You, you have all your bases covered. Like, That's all we really need. And the second I saw Achan crying at the end, I was like, that, that's it. She cries at everything. You, The things you need to know if you are new to Perfume is you need to see the live performance. You need to hear some of the slam in his songs. And you need to see Achan cry. Those are the those are the three things. Um. Final Fantasy Remake, I am hitting the end game now. I know the point of no return is coming where you're going to hit that last building or, like, you won't be able to run around and do extra stuff anymore, so I'm just running around doing side quests here and there. Um, still so great. Still knocked on my ass at how, how good that game has been uh, for $0, even if it did uh, cause me to blow my internet cap for the <laughs> downloading. It caused me to blow my internet cap for, uh, you know, February, March. Worth, hashtag worth it. Also, lastly, um, hard to describe. I've kind of been on a uh, Utada Hikaru uh, appreciation <laughs> run yeah. run lately. Okay. Um, Utada Hikaru is one of the biggest J-pop stars in history. Um, she has a career dating back to 2000, I believe. Uh, North Americans, you probably best know her as uh, doing the themes for all the Kingdom Hearts games. Even if the storyline of the games didn't make any sense, the storyline of Utada's voice was always uh, delightful. And now she is doing the, um, she's done all the themes for the rebuild of Evangelion movies. And with the fourth one dropping in Japan, finally wrapping up that whole saga uh, a few weeks ago, her last soundtrack contribution um, has come out. It's called One Last Kiss. It's just a wonderful song. Don't look up the English lyrics if you don't want to sob. My my re- refocused attention on Utada, because I don't know a lot of her stuff, um, really came in, like, Pandemic Lockdown Volume 1, when I just, like, you know, <laughs> hours of YouTube would roll over me, and I was watching, I think that's really when I doubled down on, like, watching weird Japanese voice actress videos on YouTube. And Hey, everyone's got to have, have a hobby, at least one. Everybody got their something. Um and I found this clip of, it was basically, so the company that owns Starlight, uh, Review Starlight and Bang Dream and uh, I don't, they don't own Love Live, but they have, they might have a stake in it or they do the games. Um, they own Stardom Pro Wrestling uh, Bushy Road. They also own a karaoke system. <laughs> oh. Very popular, a very popular karaoke system. In a lot of Japanese karaoke parlors called Joy Sound. And I guess they also have like live streams for like Joy Sound, like with like, you know, actresses, voice actresses who and personalities who work on their various properties. And I'm sure it's just probably like, you know, new features coming to the machines or whatever this this month. But it was a clip of a few actresses that I recognized from Bandari who one of them who has a very like squeaky, she always does the um you remember when we watched the Toilet Ghost anime, and there were yes, the like there how were, could I forget? <laughs> there were like the little, the little 
squeaky looking Totoro things that like stole yes. people's stuff. Yeah. Like this woman did the voice for those. Like that's what she usually does. Squeaky voice. So mascots. she's like Alan Tudyk and and birds and animals in Disney films. <laughs> sure. Yes. She just does, but she does the very squeaky kawaii characters. And somebody had written in asking her to do a like curious if they could do a like if she could do like a seductive song. And the other two, one of whom was uh, I.I. from Roselia, both kind of looked at her like, I don't know. She got all pissed off. She's like, oh, I'm an actress, you know. Uh, <laughs> and the song they wanted her to do was a song called Traveling by Utada Hikaru, which I had never heard before. And just something about Yuri's performance and just how amped the other two were. Because they were like, oh, my God, this is so nostalgic. Because like, <laughs> it was an old song for them, but I'd never heard it before. That coupled with... You know, then you fall down the hole and you look up for YouTube performances and you see, like, Utada do that song from, like, a couple years ago from a concert that is also on Netflix. Um, if you want to watch her Laughter in the Dark tour. Um, she's just, she's really dope and really good. And it's had a crazy long career. And for just, like, good-ass kind of R&B, kind of housey pop music, like... I don't know. She's put she's put the work in, and her Instagram account is nothing but band aids she finds in the street. Nothing but what? Band aids she finds in the street. Okay, I thought that's what what you said, folks. Maybe your hobby should just be internet focused. She just she just put she has like a millions of followers, and she just posts pictures of like her shoes and band aids she finds in the street. Yeah, just keep your hobby sanitary. For all of our sakes. Everybody got their something. Friends, that's everything we got up to on this weird and sad and weird week. But we try to find things to, that we can enjoy. And this week it was my turn to bring in something that I enjoy. No idea if Caitlin enjoyed it. Probably not. We're going to get into it when we get back. We talk about Shin Godzilla after this break. Welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the things we brought each other. Yeah. And though this has changed a little bit, because we used to like bring each other a specific thing, we trade. Now we just bring each other one thing. We still have rules. Yep. The first one being the rule of th- three, which is if it comes in parts, we watch three of them. It does not come in parts. Did. It is one large part. Yes. So we just are supposed to watch the whole thing. The second rule is hashtag save with the pod. That means that we're just going to talk about the thing in front of these microphones and not before. No milk needed for these takes because they are piping fresh. No cold ass, dusty, crusty takes. Don't need to rinse no, them but down. I mean, I mean, you might you might want some tea because that just is a nice compliment. You, really. ju- you just think everyone should have tea all the time for everything, though. That's just well, general, think about it. General policy. You get so, you get you get a take. And you get some tea. <laughs> right? Nazi Pudging, um, uh, Justice for Wally, uh-huh. and we're never going to watch the Snyder Cut. And tea. And tea. Those are the three things you can always rely on with this podcast Nazi Punching, Justice for Wally, and tea consumption. And tea consumption. Uh, just think of the Kermit tea gif. <laughs> um. And the reason we don't talk about it is because we want you to have these hot takes. Um, This thing is not old. No. It's 2016, I believe. Yes. But it's not new. No. So it was very important that I didn't yell at Jordan through Facebook like I usually would. (laughs) Last rule. Not a rule. It's a policy. Remember how we were talking about? Takes and tea. Mm-hmm. Get your somewhere else if you care about spoilers. Because they're going to fly. They're going to fly here. If you ever, let them loose. If you've ever cared about the film Shin Godzilla, you do not want anything spoiled, get out. Go get somewhere else. Out. Y'all, as mentioned on the show previously, 
I have a strange love for Godzilla and Kaiju, despite not really having seen a lot of entries in the, uh, in the film series over the decades, but I have seen this one. Friends, you're all very excited to find out who wins in the battle between Godzilla v. Kong. You know what we care about around here? Who's going to win in the battle between the King of the Monsters and Bureaucracy? Bum, bum, bum! Friends, Shin Godzilla is a 2016 Japanese kaiju film directed by Hideaki Anno and Shinji Higuchi, with a screenplay by Anno and special effects by Higuchi. It is the 31st installment in the Godzilla franchise, the 29th film produced by Toho, and Toho's third reboot of the franchise, and the first film in the franchise's Reiwa period. The film stars Hiroki Hasegawa, Yutaka Takanuchi, and Satomi Ishihara. In the film, politicians struggle with bureaucratic red tape in order to deal with the sudden appearance of a giant monster that evolves whenever it is attacked. Shin Godzilla was theatrically released on July 29, 2016, to critical acclaim from Japanese critics and mixed reviews from Western critics. It grossed $78 million worldwide and was the highest-grossing live-action Japanese film of 2016 and became the highest-grossing Japanese-produced Godzilla film in the franchise. It received 11 Academy Prize nominations and won seven, including Picture of the Year and Director of the Year. So, basically, what I said... This all comes from Wikipedia, whereas the original Godzilla was conceived as a metaphor for the atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the original Godzilla coming out in 1954, Shin Godzilla drew inspiration from the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear disaster and the 2011 Tohaku earthquake and tsunami. Many critics noted similarities to those events, specifically how sort of a convoluted uh, political response to those disasters sort of exacerbated the damage done by them. That's what we're working with here. I find that fascinating. Um, it's also a very weird and silly movie at times. Um, and I'm fascinated to know what Caitlin thought of this. Uh, one warning I gave her was that this movie's not really available for uh, legal license streaming. There is an archive.org link that is just on the internet that you and can And you watch. can get it from Google. You can get it from Google? Okay. Yeah. Uh, did you do that, or did you watch the archive link I sent you? Um, I was having trouble um, casting the archive one, um, so and Chris really wanted to watch it, so we Googled it. Oh, I shit. For it. Shit. Caitlin's it. probably got a much better take on this movie than I did, because the subtitles are probably way better, because this movie is fast and demands it just demands to throw a billion characters at you with very little introduction and places and settings you'll meet like 35 people in 45 seconds and as they as everyone meets to uh, react to this creature that has emerged I, from I the ocean i literally think it's faster than that <laughs> like i i i'm hold on to your butts like and i gave kate, you have no idea i gave kate that warning going into the viewing that like just heads up this is wilder than i remember <laughs> so uh kate yeah what did you think of this movie brace your countertops put your favorite teapot away oh god i'm unprepared Make sure that you're holding on because this is the most accurate Godzilla movie ever made. (laughs) There are things that I I really liked about it. There were definitely some cultural things. There were some things that I was like disappointed in because the rest of the film was so good. Um, But just... It's it was so different. I really liked that about it. Um I think I read a stat that it's like it's definitely one of if not the Godzilla movie with the least Godzilla in it. Yeah, and that and that the point of the movie is not Godzilla. No. The point of the movie is like this idea about Japanese bureaucracy and the issues with bureaucracy and the problem with um, tradition and um, there was a line that really caught my attention about how they were talking about in the United States. Uh, basically, there's this amb- ambassador to Japan who is her grandmother was from Japan, but she lived, she was born and raised in the United States. Mm. She's um, 
a senator or an amb- or, no no ambassador, I think to Japan. She's kind of she's kind of yeah liaison. That's the word. She's kind of working yeah. as a go between between the American government and the Japanese yes. government for info sharing and, purposes. And I'll talk about her in a sec. But basically, the line was, "Oh, she's really young," and someone else um, on the Japanese side says, "Well, the Americans um, defer to like basically." Uh, who the person is rather than age. It's like their abilities rather than their age. And as a person who knows some, something about Japan, but not a a ton, that was really insightful for me to be like, oh, I guess there's still this idea. And I know a little bit about that. And as far as like, they have this really a big issue with um, a dwindling workforce in Japan. And part of that is because basically if you are a woman and you have a child, you are not allowed back in the workforce. Mm. Um, and like these really weird, traditional sexist, misogynistic things. It's shown in the like best scientist in the group is a, is a young woman. And they like will continually not listen to her. Yeah, but she's kind of a lovable weirdo too. Like she's, she's oh yeah, a, she's and a little. She's off. she's my favorite character yeah. in the whole thing. But, There's a fucking but, scene yeah. where like shit's popping off, and like it's like we got to go, and she just calmly gets up. The camera isn't even really on her. You have to like find her in the background to notice yep. it, and she just gets up, face never moves, no expression, just like folds up her laptop and walks out of the room. Like, well, yeah, just very slowly, almost like nothing's really. You don't have to worry about anything. Never, never phased by anything. Um, yeah. Now, the the my problems with the film is that there are certain scenes where the CGI is a great, mm. and certain s- scenes where the CGI is not great. Um, like it's bad, and I find that really strange. But because it pops you out of the film a mm. little bit. But again, see the the problem is is the Godzilla part is not as important as the rest of it. Um, another thing is that the Japanese actress that they got to play the American liaison has a terrible English accent. Uh, and I believe IMDb informed me that, like, she did not even know she had English dialogue until, like, after she got the part. Like, Which, which again, I mean, it wasn't made for us, right? Maybe. I, But I would think a Japanese audience would recognize that. Mm. I'm even, like, I know it's not for us, you know. Shut up, stupid Canadians. <laughs> but I feel like even a Japanese audience would be like, her English. The, the guy who, who is like one of the um, cabinet ministers, his English is better than hers. And that's not her fault. Like, I'm not blaming her. It's fine to have an accent. I just think in that role, again, it just kind of like popped you out. Right. And I was like, she wasn't born in the United States. <laughs> um, uh, but like the bigger scenes with Godzilla are cool. That first scene where he it like it's like Godzilla is like not Godzilla yet. Yeah. So I was like, what the fuck? Very... It was like the freakiest fucking thing yeah. I'd ever seen. And Chris was the one who like Chris has watched way more Godzilla than I have. And he's like, I bet you anything that's a callback to like the rubber suits mm. that they used to have and like just the way the thing moved and the fact that um like the, there are no eyelids like it just has weird fish eyes that just like stare at you so yeah from from a kaiju perspective one of the like notable the most notable thing about this movie is that he doesn't look like classic godzilla right away he evolves yeah. into it over the course of the movie so when he first emerges from the water he's in a very like like Godzilla tadpole. Like he doesn't have eye. Like he's got these fish eyes. He kind of like crawls. He's got no arms. He, he just has like, these weird giant blood gills. Yeah. He's just got the, he's just, <laughs> that's so gross. He's just got the, <laughs> the, um, the back legs that just kind of like, he, he scoots basically. He just kind of like, it's like his head's just on the ground. And he's just pushing himself with his, yeah. these giant back legs. And it's not until later that he kind of gets upwardly mobile and looks like the kind of a little more Tyrannosaurus version of Godzilla than, and like past, I didn't but... know that the history of Godzilla, like Godzilla was really initially when Godzilla was was around, um, that Godzilla had this nuclear breath weapon. Mm. 
um, I didn't know that Chris was the one who was like, oh, yeah, like traditionally this is what it was. And it was sort of this commentary on what happened in Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Um, and I was like, that's really fascinating. And then him having that again and sort of going back to those roots. Um, and then on top of all of this and like the cool, you know, um, way they depict even international like aid that they're getting and how they balance international interest with their own interest um, as a nation. And like, that was all fascinating. But on top of all of that, the cherry on top is the very unsatisfactory ending mm. and the fucking tail. <laughs> and I was like, you motherfuckers, I'm going to have nightmares forever. <laughs> Which I had forgotten about until, uh, like, I've this, this was only my second time seeing the movie, and maybe a recent, like, yeah, I fell down a hole of just, like, you know, what's up with Godzilla? Like, maybe when the Godzilla v. Kong trailer came out, I read up on it again, and I'd forgotten about the tail thing. What Caitlin's referring to is, so, the unsatisfying ending, I just want to say, for one, I remember watching the movie for the first time and being like, this is really cool, but it's a different kind of Godzilla movie, and then two-thirds through the movie when your boy has had enough <laughs> yeah and lets it fly and like his jaw unhooks oh oh god <laughs> and just takes out every fucking plane and is just like the lasers are coming out of his fucking mouth and his tail and he's saw, sawing buildings in half and i'm like this is fucking amazing um what caitlin was referring to is the best hope they can come up with aside from like having a nuke dropped on tokyo which is like the americans are like we got to do it because if he hits the water and he's if he hits open water and he heads over here um so they have this like last ditch plan that they're going to try where basically they're going to like use a coagulant to try and like freeze him they've noticed that there's been a positive response to like extreme cold temperatures so they they rally every like chemical producer in japan to try and like get all these tanks and it's a it's a great scene as far as like the execution of like all yeah. the, the fucking train bombs that run into them and they're dropping buildings on them to slow them down type of thing and basically they finally do freeze him and they're just kind of like well we gotta live with this now <laughs> like yeah. this is all we can do like we can't kill them like weapons don't work like that's their solution is like we just have to like deal with this and then you basically see him. He's like a monument now. He's just like this frozen monument. And the camera pans up to his tail where clearly what I guess would have been his reproduction of these like H.R. Giger-esque uh, Godzilla it, human hybrids are like. Like the whole, like the second to like maybe 10 minutes after. I was like, what the fuck is that? What the <laughs> fuck was that? I was like, that was a horrifying it's like they they got it just like they they got him just before he could start shooting these out into the <laughs> into Tokyo. Um so yeah, just a really really interesting take on the character and the approach and just like the rumor was always that Ano was offered the movie, he had just finished Ava 3.0. He had fallen into the uh you know, typical creatives uh depression after finishing something and he's like i can't what no like i can't <laughs> i can't do this i just i'm not recovered from the other thing i just did um and he didn't think he had anything to, uh, new to say on the character he didn't think or on the story he didn't think he could improve upon the original movie and the co-director who did all the visuals kind of convinced him to do it and i just was so impressed with this take and like <laughs> the filming decisions and the way they like make assembling a boardroom look like the most intense thing. <laughs> oh my God. That. Okay. Now, now I do have to say in, on the like opposite, opposite side, and you mm. brought this up. This is the fastest fucking movie you will ever experience. Piece... Especially if you don't know Japanese. <laughs> yeah. Because, and I don't know if your movie did this, but I had subtitles on the bottom and on the top, the they were the archive. Sorry. The archive video could have maybe stood to do that because I don't know if the Google, um, I, which I assume would be is like probably the Funimation licensed uh, version. Yes, um, 
went out of its way to give subs for every character that came on screen and their position as they were talking. The archive one tried to do that. And it was basically just like a jumble for half the movie until you like sorted out what text was, which. Yeah. So they, what they did was they put, they would put like what people are saying, but they would also give you everyone's title with the weapons. They gave you like every weapon, every (laughs) tank, every helicopter, where you were. So there were times I had to pause it. Right. Because there was just so much. And then I kind of started ignoring the stuff on the top because it really wasn't relevant. Mm. Um, I think they were just trying to give people a lot of information so they could sort of understand and maybe get some of the nuance that you would miss culturally as well. Um, But yeah, it was just a really, it was the fastest I've ever read subtitles (laughs) for sure. Um, And yeah, and like... There were some really great scenes, um, but there are just so many characters. Like, it, it's not the point. <sighs> aside aside not... from lead guy, who's kind of like, you know, managing the, the crew of misfits who are coming up with the, trying to like crack the code of Godzilla. And is very tired with the bureaucracy. <laughs> aside from him, the uh, American Japanese liaison. And, like, maybe, like, one other person. Like, you really don't need to care about any of the characters. You, you need to be able to spot that's the prime minister. Like, that's that's about it. Yeah. Um, um, and, yeah. And it's not a story about... there. This is not a hero's journey. No. This is not... This is not, like, a tale about fighting a monster. This is about the government and bureaucracy and people like coming together to solve a disaster and like all the moving parts. Yeah. This is not, I saw, I was oddly enough. I I don't know how or why, but like (laughs) the, the big brother robots that are always listening to us, uh, put a like recent article from, I believe it was inverse, uh, on my newsfeed basically saying, advocating like this is the Godzilla movie you need to see. And they were talking about Shin Godzilla. Um, and one thing they mentioned was like, this is not, this Godzilla is not the one who like, you know, the humanity begrudgingly uses to fight other monsters. Like this is, no, this is God come to earth and we in figuring out how to survive. Like, which is a very Hideaki Anno type of <laughs> mode to take probably. Anyway, it is wild. It is fast. It is. I had a, freaking blast rewatching it um if you if you watch one godzilla movie this one might ruin all other godzilla movies for you i don't i don't know Um, i think it's so different that it doesn't it's like in its own category mm. this is the dr strange love of godzilla movies (laughs) that holy shit that's a great fucking caitlin mckinnon with the fire takes those are the ones you come for pew 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 kate what does the Doctor Strange love of Godzilla movies uh, get re kick punches? It's a really solid seven. Really solid seven. I will take yeah. it. Subtitles notwithstanding, be fully awake <laughs> when you watch this movie. Oh my god, yes. Because it is going to come at you. And if you have watched Neon Genesis Evangelion, yes, they recycled the music. <laughs> that was very, <laughs> that was very off putting to me the first time I watched it. Just seemed like, did you not have a budget for? <laughs> no, they you, they did you not have a music budget. They they used their budget on cramming so much footage into one movie. <laughs> Hiring another forty actors to play politicians. Yeah, you don't need to have a four-hour movie. You just need to go as. I literally think they sped up scenes where they're walking and talking. You just literally like, need to go as fast as you possibly can. It's like Gilmore Girls on cocaine. Like it's <laughs> Godzilla Gilmore Girls. Fantastic. Somebody draw me that. Uh, I want that artwork. <laughs> Friends, as said, you can watch that for $0 on archive.org or if you want a little more uh, pleasurable viewing experience, maybe shell out the five bucks and watch it on Google or I think it's even on YouTube paid. Um, it's available for rent on a lot of streaming services, uh, but you will not find it for free unless you go to archive.org. And yeah solid times friends if you'd like to let us know how many speed balls you had to take to keep up with the dialogue in shin godzilla 
Hit us up on Twitter.com at GeekdownPod. Let us know. We don't advocate the use of narcotics to keep up with movie dialogue, but do what you got to do. And I believe that is going to wrap it up for your friends here at the GDP. Thank you so much for spending your time with us every week. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And we hope you will join us next week for another fan-fucking-tastic episode of Geek Down Podcast. Who's going to make my dreams come true? (laughs) Oh, I can't even. uh, Oh, um, fun fact, Caitlin, she'll make your dreams come true. There she is.